This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you so much for joining us on a pre-record. This is a few days before you will get it. And it is absolute honour to have Gareth Ike join us. Gareth, thank you for your time today. Oh, mate, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Not at all. You're one of those names that have popped up over the last 30 months, I think, uh, giving a voice of reason and common sense uh, against everything that we're facing. Um, so thank you for that. No, um, I, I thought I thought it was um, the, the consensus that, that madness wasn't a good idea, but uh, <laughs> apparently not. That's all changed. <laughs> all changed. Yeah, and it just... Um, you can, of course, if if our viewers or listeners, this will be on our Podbean or any podcasting app because we're doing it a few days before, you can follow Gareth at Gareth Ike on Getter and Twitter. Always good to have people overusing places like Getter, which we find 100%. fantastic. And freedom of speech reigns on Getter. Any view you can listen to, you may not agree with it, but at least there is the opportunity to engage with that viewpoint. And that's one of the things certainly I enjoy about Getter. But if I can just give our viewers and listeners a little, um, they can, of course, watch your program right now, which is a, a weekly uncensored current affairs. That's on Iconic. Let me just bring up the, that's on the Iconic website, uh, yeah. iconic.com. And I'd encourage our viewers to also go to that and find what's available, see what you like, and you can sign up and, and get those. So all the links for that will be in the description. So I'd encourage our viewers to go and make use of that. But um, so you've got that weekly presented by you covering, I guess, a, a range of news you obviously yeah. can't find on, on the mainstream. But I guess as well as journalism, music, sport, that's all part of who you are. So maybe before we get into the restrictions which we face, you faced, and where we're going, could you just introduce yourself to our viewers first? Um, yeah. So uh, I kind of have been thrust into, into <laughs> as, you, as you mentioned, this kind of madness over the last little while. So um, I was a footballer for many years and then I was a musician for many years. Um, kind of always had a, a, a bit of a, a a different view on on life generally um my kind of people talk about their red pill moment i know 9 11 was was a lot of people's um for me when i was playing beach soccer i, I played for england for five years so we you know traveled all over the world and i, I went to israel and i uh, played against israel wow. and we were taken around jerusalem and i just saw things that didn't match what Matelli was telling me um and so that then started my kind of interest in well hang on what else they're lying about um and and so then I realized that the news actually isn't the news in the sense that for me, in my infinite naivety, um, the, the job of the news is just to report what happened. Tell me what yeah. happened. Um, don't put a slant on it, you know, of whatever party, you know, you align with. Yeah. Just tell me what happened and then I'll make my own mind up. And um, obviously they don't do that. And that, that goes for both sides, to be fair. Um, and so then when, you know, um, when... COVID came along and all that sort of stuff. It was pretty obvious really I'm being lied to. I know I'm being lied to. I've, I've got quite a good sort of bullshit radar, really. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. like, I'm, being, I'm being lied to. I don't know to what extent I'm being lied to. Um, there's lots of different possibilities, but I know that, 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 you know, honesty is not prevailing at the moment. So then I just look further and look further. And in the end, it became so easy, you know, just by looking at things like Event 201, uh, Lockstep, you know, Rockefeller Foundation, that kind of thing. It became very easy to see what the next thing was. Um, and so I would say, this is what they're going to do next. And, um, and you get attacked for that and lots of abuse for that. And then other people will go, oh my goodness, no, how'd you, how'd you know that you must be a shill, you must be in on it and all that sort of thing. Um, and which was kind of quite interesting to me. Um, yeah. but it wasn't that it's just, it's very easy if they could, because they always tell you, like they always tell you what they're doing. You know, lots of people have different views on the reasons for that. You know, is it a, yeah. Is it a karmic thing in the sense that actually if I tell you what I'm going to do and you do nothing, hmm. then the karma's on you, not me. And it's kind of, you know, a lot of people believe that um, in terms of an, uh, sort of an occult, sort of almost like a right, that's what you do um, to compare it, I guess, to, to the vampire. The vampire can't just come in and rip your head off. You need to invite them over the threshold and, and X, Y, and Z. So 
um, it became quite easy really to to see what was coming next because they always tell you. Um, and so, um, you know, that, that kind of got a bit of, got, got a, you know, a bit of sort of notoriety in, in some circles, some good, some bad, became a bit of a Marmite character. Um, and, and that's it basically. And so what I wanted to do during the lockdown period is I wanted to know what was going on. So I was doing a little podcast, which I didn't think many people were listening to, to be fair, where I would just talk to different people in different parts of the world and they're all saying the same thing and it's like hang on this is coordinated then this isn't individual governments or health authorities reacting to something this is planned this is a uniform this is everyone moving as one um as paypal are now with you know deleting any dissent yeah um and so um then you know we we, we realized quite early here with iconic that actually what was happening was the mainstream had this incredible branding it looks great it tastes great. It, it sounds great. They chat shite, but it looks great. And yeah. so pe people, I saw people's reactions, people I used to play football with, ice hockey with, in bands with, that would go, well, like the, if I'm comparing the BBC to some guy sat on YouTube video, you know, that's always what you heard, you know, some guy yeah. sat in his bedroom. It's like, but the guy sat in his bedroom could be telling you the truth. Yeah. Like, you know, and the BBC, but they package it properly. They put some hundreds of thousands on it and they yep. polish it. They polish a turd is what they do. Yeah, exactly. And so we kind of went, you know, that's what we need to do, you know, to, to kind of try and get our production value to, to as close as you can get to that level. Yeah. So we don't, we don't have the, the money to do that. But what we do have on our side is, is the fact that we're speaking the truth mm. and also the fact that we're passionate about it. You know, no one's here to pick up a paycheck and get a decent, um, pension everyone's here because they want to be here and they want to make a difference um so then we went with the right now studio we went to um it was interesting actually because some people that are into the information and are here to help um gave us quotes for the studio um to to fit the studio and we were talking hundreds of thousands of pounds and i was thinking they weren't here to help <laughs> i'm not sure you want to help i think you want to i think you want a payday yeah, yeah. Um, and in the end my brother found uh, a company in manchester um uh, some guys in manchester that build sets that were that, that did it for like a tenth of the cost yeah yeah um and so we went to them and and it was like what what do you want for right now what what's the theme you want and i sort of was like well Think French resistance, underground bunker, mm. report, reporting from behind enemy lines, meets ESPN, yeah. right? That was what we said to them. And and you know what? They they went away and they, they, there's a brick brick wall on one side, which means we're Freemasons apparently. And then there's <laughs> corrugated iron with purple, which again yeah. means we're Freemasons apparently. Um, but obviously in terms of the desk and the lighting and stuff, it does look a little bit more professional. And that was the yeah. idea that, you know, we're going to try and get whistleblowers um, from within the NHS, from from wherever, um, from Tavistock Institute, you know, yeah, get their voice out there, but try and package it in a way that that the man on the street is going to listen and actually take it seriously. Um, did you uh, were you doing media stuff before, or was it simply kind of mu your life was kind of music before then? Suddenly you could thrust into this. Pretty much, mate. Like, I, I, it's weird. I kind of think like the last. The, the years of childhood and all the mm. shite that I got because of who my dad was and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, I see that now, which wasn't very nice, I have to say yeah. as a kid, but I see that now as my basic training. Like yeah, that's yeah. all that was. Because what it taught me was one, don't give a shit what people think. Yeah. Um, two, when you get attacked for, or verbally, like mm. it doesn't really matter. Well, what happens? No, no one dies. Like you just yeah. get on with it. Um, and then also then playing um, beach soccer to, a, to an international level where you've got TV cameras on you. And I played in goal. And occasionally, it doesn't matter how much you, you you work, one's going through the legs eventually. You know, it's just how it goes. And so, you know, when you've had moments like that in front of crowds and on telly where you've just made yourself look like a prat, again, in the end, you're not really bothered, actually, because I know what happens if things go wrong. We all go and have a bite to eat afterwards and life carries on, you know. Yeah. And, um, and so then I ended up doing bits and bobs um, – when I was in a band, I would be asked to do things. So I ended up presenting um, best of all footage for Virgin TV, Virgin Media. It was the most random thing, but I ended up doing that. So when I look back now, these little things that were just dead random, 150 quid to present mm. a day at best of all, there you go, I need the money, um, then prepared me to, to come yeah. here and, and you know and present the show, um, which I never had any inclination to do, to be honest. It wasn't anything I wanted to do, but I just had a thirst for knowledge. Like I want to talk to people. I want to let them speak as well. 
that was something else. You know, you watch mainstream media, someone like Piers Morgan, you just talk over people, interrupt all the time, don't allow anyone to get a point across, three-minute sound bites, that's all you're allowed, and then we've got to go to the weather or whatever, you know. And so I just thought, of, thought what I want to do is talk to people and have them tell me things I don't know. Yeah. But just press record on that camera, and then everyone else can hear it as well. Yeah. And that, that's basically what right now is. You know, it's lots of different people. Like, so to, tomorrow's show, actually, we're pre-recorded. This is not tomorrow. So the latest show then. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we had Piers Corbin in here talking about, um, you know, uh, climate change. Obviously, he's mm -hmm. an astrophysicist. People kind mm -hmm. of just think of Piers as up there saying no more lockdowns. But actually, he's an astrophysicist. So his background, um, you know, uh, out of Imperial College London and all that sort of stuff, you know, talking about climate change and uh, we, we've got a, a whistleblower in China um, who is under lockdown at the moment. You know, they're building all these quarantine camps, uh, the social credit system and all this sort of stuff. You got to go for a test every single day. Um, he's telling us that he's got footage, which he put in the show um, of them swabbing 10 separate people. And then they put the 10 swabs in a packet and then they send it off to be tested That's science apparently. Um, and, and then we've got Dr. Mike Eden um, yeah. as well on from Florida. So, Totally different subject matters, a lot of them. Um, we've got a guy um, who's a journalist down on the south coast of England who's filming all these migrant ships coming in and being, you know, allowed to come in purposely and, and how they're all pretty much, you know, fighting age men. They're not the families that we're, we're yeah. being told that they are, the kids and stuff like that. So totally different subject matters, but just letting people have a voice that, that can't get a voice generally on the mainstream because they've been they've been banned um, and blacklisted or whatever. Oh, we're, I mean, our, our, actually our story is very similar. I enjoyed being behind the scenes. I was in politics and much more fun behind the scenes, never in front of a camera. And then we launched in February 2020. What a stupid time to launch anything. Uh, and then went into... Or a perfect time. All right. So, okay, we went on media and interview and we've had Mike Eden before. Uh, we've had... Uh, Steve Laws, we've had whose films the boats coming over. That's uh, the guy. Yeah, that's the guy who's on this week. Yeah, great guy, great guy. Um, we've had Right Said Fred on before. We've had all, all those. Um, and you had Stephen Morris on recently, so I just chatted to him yesterday about the Workers of England Union. Yeah, and nice it's, guy. It, it's exciting to actually connect with these people and to hear. And you're right. Why have a conversation together whenever others can join in and kind of eavesdrop on it? Exactly that. Exactly that. And. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love doing it. And, and what yeah. we've done now as well, we've, we've launched another show that goes out on a Tuesday. We film it on a Monday, goes out on a Tuesday, called In the News Right Now. Because what we wanted to do, um, you know, people right now seem to be going quite well. And it, yeah. it was a case of, you know, it would be great if we could do it more often. Um, but we're a skeleton staff here completely. Um, and it takes a lot of effort, as you know, yeah. to put a show together. Um, and so it's a case of we... we can't do that and if we're going to launch more content which we want to do that costs money yeah. um despite what the time says we don't have lots of money yeah. um and so that was extraordinary i'll come to that in a second actually but um so what we did is like well, let's come up with a format that actually isn't going to cost lots of money isn't going to take lots of time and lots of staff we've got probably goodness knows how many people we've spoke to on right now over over the over the mm. kind of year and a half it's been going. And actually, Peter, it would be great to, if you were ever up for doing this as well. So what we did is we went to, to lots of them, maybe 20, mm. 30 of them, and said, you know, we're launching a new show in the news right now where what we do is we'll have a panel of three people, completely different opinions generally, um, and we will take five news stories from that yeah. week about different subjects and we'll put them to the panel where the panel can kind of go well, yeah, I think actually the the, the, the the subtext actually to this is X, Y, and Z and kind of put a different slant on mainstream media stories. Yeah. Um, so we've done three episodes of that so far, and, and that's been great um, because you're getting so many different views, um, which you know don't always agree. Sometimes they agree. Um, and so it's a panel show, um, which is a, a lot more engaging and stuff, and people can talk for longer, um, which seems to be going quite well in terms of subscribers seem to enjoy that. Um but yeah, sorry, to come to the point with the Times, what they did is they, they tried to do a hit piece on me after I, I spoke in Trafalgar Square in, in 2020. Yeah. Um, Kit Shemarani there. Is that that one? It was the one before that, actually. The one before, uh, Kit. Yeah, I got away with that one because Kate stole the headlines <laughs> by mentioning hanging and nurses in the yeah, same yeah, sentence. Yeah. So that was, yeah, yeah. that was you know, her, her done on that front. But for me, what happened was I had no desire to ever speak publicly. It's not something I've ever kind of yep. seen myself doing, you know, standing at speaker's corner and stuff. Mm. But but in 2020, you know, 
this protest movement wasn't really doing a lot early doors. Um, yeah. it, it was women, basically, in, in, in England at least. Um, men were just sat on their hands doing nothing. And so I felt I needed to do something. So I was kind of traveling around the country talking to one man and a dog for a bit. Um, and then gradually it built and built and built. And then, you know, I remember there was a protest in the summer in London that was about 600 people. And then a month later, there was about 25, 30,000. And, and then it went up even more. Yeah. And so I was asked to speak at, at this big, big rally. And, you know, I agreed. And I kind of thought I'll just speak my truth. And that's what I did for like eight minutes. Um, and then afterwards, I'm driving home with my brother and my, my wife's on the phone. She's like, shit, like someone's put that video up, mate. And that's like, it's blown, it's blown up. So I'm like, what do you mean? And so within a week, it was at like 3.8 million views, which is over my head. You know, and that's that was just on one platform as well. That was just on Facebook. So I got a phone call from the Times, and in my infinite naivety, I spoke to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, afterwards, my dad got wind of it, phoned me up, and said, "Never, never talk." <laughs> what are you doing? Like, basically, there's one rule: if you speak to the mainstream media, it has to be live. If it's not yep. live, don't yep. do it. And I've yep. learned that. That's fine. You know, you live and you learn, don't you? Yeah. So, so I spoke to him. I spoke to him for about an hour. He seemed like a nice guy, to be fair. He was asking my opinions on certain things. He was poking me and prodding me a bit, which is his job. Um, and I was answering, you know, and, mm. and we spoke about the fact that I knew two people at this point that had COVID on their death certificate. Both of them, the families were were contesting it. One was a yep. guy who had been very ill for a long time, died of um uh, kidney failure he had severe diabetes he had pneumonia anyway like there's a bunch of different things and his family were contesting it and the other one was a gentleman um a friend of mine whose whose uncle died now he'd been given something like eight weeks to live with cancer and he'd he'd, he'd lived like 12 or he'd over mm -hmm. you know i can't remember the exact amount of time but he basically lived longer um than he was given and um he'd fought cancer for maybe three or four years prior a real battle, a real warrior, you know, in the eyes of his family. And so he dies and in a hospice and COVID were on the death certificate, which obviously the family saw as, as, as an insult given his battle against cancer, you know, to just yeah. put COVID on it and say, there you go, give that stat to the BBC was immoral, really. So they were they were fighting it. So I said, there's the two people. I said, now I know, bear in mind, this is summer, August 2020. I said, I know seven people that have taken their own lives. It's actually gone yeah. quite a lot higher than that since. Wow. Um, either people that I went to school with know very, very well or, or or relatives of friends, you know, people that I've I've met and know of. I said, mm. there's seven. I said, so we, we were seven, two at the minute, and the two is contentious. Um, so for me, lockdowns are doing more harm than good, and that's, you know, the place I'm, I'm coming from. Um, the PCR test is, is, is a fraudulent test, and I'm yeah. coming from that point where actually, yeah. you know, Dave's got a sniffle, um, in 2019, if Dave had a sniffle, he'd have a hot toddy, he'd get an early night, and that'd be it. Now he has something stuck up his nose. All of a sudden, he's he, he's you know he's going to kill everyone. Yeah. And and so you know I made this point, and, and to be fair to the guy, right, he was like, that's a fair point actually. Some some of the stuff he disagreed with me, obviously, as is his job. But but at times he was that's a fair point actually. Mm. I actually hadn't I actually hadn't looked at it like that. That's a fair mm. point. And so so when my dad phoned me and said like, what are you doing talking to him? I said it was all right. <laughs> it was all right. He's on side. <laughs> yeah. Um, or at least open to a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so then the article comes out. Thank God it's behind a paywall. Um, but when you actually read the article, because I signed up for a free trial just so I could read it, because they don't yeah, yeah. send it to you. Yeah. And it didn't make sense. Like it didn't read, it didn't flow. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I I I don't think as a journalist he was that bad in the sense that he would write something so disjointed and, and, yeah, and all yeah. over the place, um, like a like a Picasso of writing. And so I thought, Do you know what, the editor's probably gone at that. And actually, maybe he did mention the fact that I spoke about the suicide rates, and the they, editor's gone, take that out, take mm. that out. But what they did then is, is they went to Facebook, and they got Facebook to take it down. Um, now, that's not your job. Mm. times that's not your job to do that your job is to report the news you then yeah. go to facebook get them to remove something yeah. um and obviously a lot of the things that i was saying in that in 2020 have since come to to pass so actually you know you've you've, you've censored a warning really um but then what they did with iconic is they, they have this obsession with money so if you're standing up to the narrative it must be about the money you're a griffin yeah, yeah. never mind the fact that you know witty and balance gates and all these lot are all millionaires or billionaires yeah, that exactly. that don't matter you know i'm, I'm living in a two-bedroom terrace in kilburn <laughs> derbyshire at the time but, but you know there you go so 
so what they did is they were like right well it's it's 100 pound for a year membership to iconic it's not yep. it's less than that but that's what they reported it's 75 quid but they reported 100 and they said you've got around 4000 subscribers i don't know where they got that figure from but they went okay so 4000 times 100 right so there you go uh, you you you're making 400 grand a year you mm. you and your brother making 400 grand a year and i'm looking at it i'm thinking right well it's not 400 grand a year because you've got those yep. figures completely wrong but even if it was there's like 16 staff here. Yeah, yeah. There's an there's an office. There's all the camera equipment. You know, some of these cameras are like 20k yeah, each. Expensive. Um, um, you've 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 got all the streaming costs, which is insane. You've got all the security that you need for the website because people are constantly trying to take yeah. it down. You're not factoring in any of that. You you think that me and my brother, between the two of us, have got 200k each, and we're all going off, you know, going off to Stalis for for a rave. It's like that's not how it works. You know, um, I don't earn um, enough from Iconic to live. Mm. I don't. Um, a, a very small um, salary to, to make the shows that I make, and and I, I have other work on the side. Um, but 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 that was the narrative they put out. Um, and, but but probably the worst thing they did, in my eyes anyway, was they they brought my wife into it. So my wife's a teacher now. She's not anymore because we've, we've we've had another baby, and so she's come out of it obviously because I've got to work, and and so you know she'll probably go back into it one day. But she's a teacher, so they use that angle now. My wife wasn't stood on stage in Trafalgar Square. She didn't say any of those words. Yeah. So actually, it's, it doesn't make any any difference what she does. She can be a bloody astronaut. But what they, they were trying to angle it in such a way is that I was dangerous. So my views were dangerous. And therefore, her being a teacher, being around children, they're exposed mm. to these views. Mm. Kind of kind of this this sort of subtext of the subplot yeah. of like, actually, it's dangerous. And also, what they did is they used the, the photo they used of her and me was I'm stood there at the side of a football pitch on a, during a charity match where I've got an award. She's next to me and she's heavily pregnant. Mm. So again, I asked if she's pregnant and they're still taking risks. My, our daughter was two. Our daughter was two at that point. You know, they've gone back and found an image of her pregnant yeah. because that looks like, you know, I'm a bit more shady and a bit more dangerous and I'm putting my unborn child at risk and all this sort of stuff to create this image of this nasty bloke. And it didn't work at all. Um, when they put it on social media, the ratio was pretty impressive, really. They kind of got rinsed on it, so that was good. But it, but it gave me another eye into what the mainstream media is and, and, and how it works and how it builds to vilify people. Well, let me pick up, because um, obviously there, uh, my assessment is over the last 30 months, there have been a, a massive ramp-up of restrictions. I mean, there was always that nudge, nudge, this is what you're supposed to do. But that nudge seemed to move to a demand to obey. Uh, obviously, yeah. you've touched on one sector, which is the media. And the media is there to curtail us, to push us all as sheep into a pen. And anyone who is whistling for the sheep to go other other way, they will focus on they will target and they will take out. And that seems to be the role of the media, in effect, as a arm of the government. That's all they are. That's all they are. I mean, I'm not a, a massive fan of GB News, to be honest. There's certain people within there that I, I respect and I know mm. personally and respect. Um, but there's others that will just follow the mainstream narrative. I mean, yeah. the fawning over Prince Charles, while at the same yeah. time talking about the World Economic Forum, when he is yeah. literally the front for it, you know, is, was madness to me. Um, the complete lapping up of the Ukraine propaganda, yep. um, Zelensky being a hero, as if there isn't two sides to that, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, with people like Mark Stein, for instance, um, Neil Oliver, they will question the jab. They will yep. go that far, yep. and they will report on on deaths and adverse reactions and stuff like that. So now, I noticed um, Lilani, who who works with us here, she co-presents in the news right now with me. Um, she was being absolutely attacked by these BBC guys, all, all the journalists working for the BBC, mm. uh, who were reporting GB News to Ofcom. It was all over social media. The guy, it was like he was obsessed, this this one guy, tagging everyone, tagging everyone, tagging everyone, like report to Ofcom, do this and do that. So it's like they're even reporting their own, really. You know, um, you've got a mainstream media clique, but if anyone steps ever so slightly out of line, even to just mention the vaccine deaths, of which there are thousands, um, quick, jump on them, jump on them, yeah. quick, get back in your box. And GB News, you know, had to make a statement and stuff. My, in my view, they didn't. They could have just ignored him and he would have just gone away. But but they felt compelled to do that. Um, and so not only are they attacking us and yourself and people like us, it's like even even ones within their own club, if they yeah. if they put a, a pinky out of line, then they will jump on them. 
Um, and that's that to me is extraordinary because if your argument has validity, you don't care that people will argue the opposite. Because why would you? That's fine. You know, if if I'm stood here and I'm like Ronaldo is one of the has been one of the best players in the world over the years, and you go, no, I, I don't believe he has. I, I believe, I don't know, Tom Lawrence from Derby County has been actually better. Then I go, I don't want to shut you up. I'm just mm. going to go. Okay, let's have a conversation. Here's Ronaldo's stats. There's Tom Lawrence's stats. Right, let's have a conversation. Then, but that's not what happens. They, they you know, they don't and I, uh, want to do that. And that for me rings alarm bells because if you're if you're kind of pretty solid in your in your opinion and, and you know you're right, you debate anyone. Yeah. No, I, I've been I've been really blown away by uh, by Mark Stein, by Neil Oliver, even Dan Wooden as well. But they're willing to address sudden death syndrome excess deaths uh those who've died because of the received it they've had them in the studio um and they're actually willing to have a story and report on it and not say we'll ignore that because it doesn't fit what we're supposed to put out it's let's talk to someone and let's see where it leads and i think a lot of credit uh to those and i guess gb news have uh, i guess they've had pressure from ofcom so um fair dues to them for letting them report well, that's the extraordinary thing in it that, that me and you would even have to in a free society, which is yeah. what we keep getting told. You know, we're not like Russia, we're not like China, we're not like North Korea. No, it's different here. Um, where me and you are like, it's great that they can report the truth, isn't it? Mm. It's great that those three journalists report the truth. How amazing is that? It's like <laughs> that shouldn't be amazing. That should it's just terrific. be that should just be Tuesday. Like yeah. that should just be the norm, you know. Yeah. But um, but it's not. And you know, as you know, we, I think you touched upon right at the start with what PayPal are doing now, moving all as one, you know, to, to delete lockdown skeptics, to delete gays against groomers. You know, bear in mind, gays against groomers is a collective of, of LGBT, so including trans people, mm. that are very much of the opinion of, as an adult, you do what you want, leave the freaking kids alone, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. that should, I, I would imagine that is is 99.9% of, of the mm. people on the planet's view. Just leave the kids alone, mate, the kids. So them having their PayPal deleted, them having their Gmail deleted so they can't engage in, in emails, X, Y, and Z. There's other um, companies that have deleted them as well. That asks questions for me. You know, if it, there's, there's an organization against grooming and you're trying to destroy them. Do you like grooming? You know, that, that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Are you into grooming then? Yeah. Um, but lockdown skeptics, uh, America's frontline doctors, and yeah. these are just a handful. Um, us for them, which were, were, which was a grassroots organization in England of, of mothers that were trying to keep schools open because they were saying closing schools in the lockdown was bad for mental health. It was destroying kids' educations in their view, their futures as a result. Um, you know, they've had everything deleted as well. And I've seen it on social media. There's a lot of people celebrating that. That they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and they're the people whose opinion is, I'm right, and you don't agree with me, so you're wrong. Yeah. And because you're yeah. wrong, it doesn't matter what you say, clear off, your opinion's invalid, um, which is, you know, there's a word for that. But those people are celebrating it. And I said to mm. them, you know, social media, I was like, to them, I said, be careful, guys, because no one agrees with the state 100% on everything. No one does. No one does. And all we're looking at now with the deletion um, of all these people is it's a glimpse into the yeah. social credit system. It's literally just a glimpse of it where, you know, this person we spoke to in China, he's saying he's got an app on his phone. And if he misses a test, his app's not green and he can't go to the grocery store. He can't do X, Y, and Z. He, he can't. He has to go and quickly get a test, make it go green again. Oh, yeah, I can go to the grocery store. Um, that's not living. Mm. Um, and if he turns up at the grocery store and he shows the thing, he said, he said some small, like little corner shop type family business might go because they need the money. Go on, yeah. Come come and get some sausages or whatever. He said, but all the big companies that you scan it as you go in, the door just doesn't open for you if it's not green. Um, and so that will never happen here. That will never happen here. Well, you're like, well, this is happening in America. It's happening in the UK where if you disagree with the state narrative, the state sponsored narrative, they will take away your ability to email each other. They will take away your ability to to fund yourself. You know, that that is a slippery, slippery slope. And the point I was making in the sense that no one agrees with the state narrative 100% of the time. And we had our our PayPal deleted years ago mm. um, based on, on our views in terms of Israel-Palestine, speaking out against the Israeli state, right? So I'm looking at a lot of the people that are calling out 
gays against groomers and things like that. And most of those people tend to be on the left. Now, people on the left, not all of them, but a lot of them supported lockdowns. They supported yeah. mask mandates. They even supported jab mandates. Um, and they, you know, they're very much um, pro drag queens in, in libraries yeah. and all this sort of nonsense. So they're celebrating gays against groomers, mm. you know, all these others having having their accounts banned and their ability to fund themselves banned. And I go, okay, bear in mind, we got kicked off years ago for what we were saying about Israel. Most people on the left are pro-Palestine, anti-Israel. Well, well, then it's only a matter of time before your opinion gets you banned. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I'd be very careful celebrating the destruction of people you disagree with because they come for you in the end. Like, no, they will. And I'm shocked that people think they're somehow uh, will be looked after and protected whenever they come for the rest of us. But I'm curious. Exactly. I mean, the, the whole last 30 months have been interesting for me. I mean, me coming probably from the right politically, uh, I would have an Israeli flag on my thing. Well, you have a Palestinian flag. It's been fascinating connecting with people who you wouldn't normally connect with. But actually, because of our lives being put on hold, because of people being killed, uh, and because of, uh, I guess, state-sponsored murder and a shutdown on the ability to discuss it, you end up discussing... so. We had Piers Corbin on, as you mentioned before, you have on. I was like, I never thought I would be having this conversation, but this is good. And that kind of connection between people who normally may not connect, uh, I think that's something that really concerns the government, concerns others. Um, and they're thinking, this shouldn't be happening. This is bad for us. If people are coming together from all walks of life, um, it is a, a mass mobilization, I guess, of people. And I think that's something that really concerns those in government. 100%. There's nothing worse than people coming together. Yeah. And that's why it's like one manufactured thing after another. Mm. You know, whether it be young versus old, plotted against each other over Brexit, um, you know, George Floyd, uh, black versus white. You know, every, everything is kind of amplified to such a point yeah. that, that, that it kind of tries to divide people. That's the whole point of it, you know, because if we're fighting each other, we're not fighting them. Um, but I agree, I'm, I'm exactly the same. You know, um, for instance, like someone like James Melville, for instance, like during Brexit, me and him were going at each other on socials. <laughs> and he he was on in the news right now, we're having a right laugh, on, on, yeah. you know, because yeah. these because despite what people say, shill, um, these people are genuine. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you're genuine in your views, even if you disagree with them on certain yeah. things, you will agree on other things. And, and you just respect the fact that you, they're genuine, they're honest, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I think in terms of the, the support for, for Palestinian rights, that's what I've, I've, I've always, you know, since I went there and saw what I saw, I've been there, I've raised money for, for Palestinian charities, children's charities and things like that. Um, but, you know, my uh, one of the first shows we had on, on right, right Now, one of the first Right Now shows, the first guest was Gal Shalev, in um in tel aviv and it's kind of because actually my support for the rights of another it doesn't mean it's the support for a lack of rights of yeah, another you know yeah, yeah, you know yeah. um my views were against the israeli state in terms of benjamin netanyahu um and and, and bennett and people like that you know my, my it was not against you know dave down the shop that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the thing, you know, and that's what, what people try and create that. They're going, well, you're saying you hate all this, you hate all that. Well, no, 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 I'm not in the slightest. Mm. Um, and, and then that's another way they try and divide people. Oh, yeah. And, and so, you know, having genuine people come together was fantastic. But as someone that had supported Palestinian rights, I was going to say, when the whole lockdown thing happened, I'm kind of like, I've, these are my tribe a little bit in a way. Like we will, we're, we're anti-wars in the Middle East. Um, and we will call out, you know, we're, we're pro-Assange, we will, you know, in terms of freedom of speech and blah, blah, blah. And so lockdowns kicked in and I'm there, like, I'm like, right, guys, like, this is, I'm, guys, like, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> they're gone. They, they, they've run for the hills and, and, and yeah. put their, their masks on. And it blew my mind. And I was kind of like, you know what? Then I started getting called far right. Like some guys said, I, I can't deal with these far right views. I'm like, dude, I've got the same views I had when I was playing ice hockey and yeah. my teammates used to call me swampy because yeah. I was a Southern softy <laughs> leftist hippie, right? Long, long there. My views have not changed since then. Yeah. My views are you do you, hun. Hmm. You do what you like. As long as it's not the detriment of other people, you do you and let me do me. Yeah. Do you know what? If you want to go and get 40 jabs, you go fill your boots, mate. Just, just, I, I, I don't want one. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. But you go fill your boots. And so that kind of you do you, hun, which was a completely leftist liberal way of looking at the world, is now far right. Yeah. 
Um, because the Overton window has just moved to such a level where um, a, a normal rational opinion now is that women have cocks. Yep. <laughs> if you if you if I went back in time and walked into a pub and started talking about the fact that yeah, so anyway, so she gets a she got a penis out right. What? Sorry, can I stop you there? What? You know, you would you, if you come out with some of the stuff that is accepted narrative now if you did that 10 years ago you'd end up in a padded cell well it, it's a thing with Pootie parker i mean we we were at the the demo and then we, we had the far right tag we some of our team went to film her down in, in brighton and simply for her views are now regarded as controversial standing up for women's rights and women's freedoms and women should have a a space where men are not allowed to be in the bathroom and changing rooms but that's normal that view is now considered controversial which part of that view is controversial? Exactly. Wow! Exactly. That's that's the, that's the madness of it. Yeah. Um, that you know you've got to such an insane point where, um, you know, uh, like I said, with gays against groomers, you know, a collective of LGBT yeah. people um, getting together to say, look, we need to protect children here, is controversial. You know, protecting children from grooming is controversial. That is that's a dark place to be. You know, that is a that is beyond words for me, you know, as a father of two young kids, like what, what the hell, you know, um, in terms of women, women's sport and stuff like that, you know, you have these swimmers that were, that were men up until two or three years ago now holding the record, you know, um, for, for women swimming. And it's like, but this is madness. And what I don't get, and it, for me, it just shows how the narrative is completely managed is where are all the scientists? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to that, because you know, I, I was I was a, a PT for years, so so I did, um, you know, my um, physiology anatomy qualifications and all that sort of stuff. I did GP referrals and things. So I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I, I know I know what I know what the body is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at people with with letters after their name saying, "Oh, well, yeah, but they've taken um, certain medications to to bring their testosterone levels down, and their estrogen levels are, are, are at a point where they're a woman." It's like the dude's six four. <laughs> like the dude is six foot four. He's got a bigger lung capacity, a higher VO two max. He's got a bigger heart. He's got bigger m- m- muscle density, bone density. In terms of cycling and weightlifting and things like that, he doesn't have childbirthing hips where the legs come in. They go straight down. Therefore, you're not losing any. I'm not a scientist, and I know this. And you're there with your letters after your name, going, "No, I think it's fair." You know, I think you're all bigots for saying it's wrong. It's like, what the hell? How much are you earning? How yeah. much are you getting? Yeah. Honestly, because can all the same people just have a whip round and give all these corrupt scientists some money so you'll just go away? That would be great. Oh, absolutely. Um, can I ask you, I've watched what's happened across the water um, in the States. And again, it shouldn't be if you're on one side or the other. Uh, we may be on different sides politically if we were living in America as Americans voting, but actually seeing the, the clampdown uh, from Sleepy Joe, uh, the FBI arresting people, uh, subpoenas on people, uh, individuals getting their belongings taken off them and then getting a letter to say they can't talk about it. Um, and that seems to be used, what we'd expect, I guess, in China under the CCP, where dissidents are, are silenced. We're seeing that over there. Um, I guess you are looking at what is happening over there, at how there is no concern that is just blatant in your face. Um, And I guess we could have that same attacks on individuals happening over here in the UK and Europe. Absolutely. And and what they're doing and what they've done in the USA and they've used Trump as a perfect tool to divide. I'm not a Trump Mm. supporter. You know, I know a lot of people are, but personally, I think he he played the the role perfectly to divide um, because you, you had a figure to hate and a figure to give hope, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so it divided the population, um, which is perfect for America. But what they've done is they spent years um, vilifying um, yeah. Trump supporters. So people on the right, um, you know, painting them as Nazis, painting them as fascists, um, painting them as racists. And then when it came to the whole COVID thing, painting them as granny killers, COVID, yeah. COVID, COVID idiots, yeah. anti-vaxxers, you know, all this sort of stuff. And they're putting all this stuff on a certain demographic, on a certain mm-hmm. demographic. So then later on, 
what they've created within the population is some apathy towards them. They're yeah. fucking assholes anyway, that lot. Fucking, mm. you know, fascists and Nazis. Um, so then when you attack that group, there's very little resistance from everyone else because, you know, fuck it, the Nazis anyway. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's what they've created. They've manufactured this apathy towards a large swathe of the population. Um, they did it in Canada. Some of the things that Trudeau was coming out with, same in New Zealand. You, you know, you had ministers of of, of health describing uh, people that hadn't taken the jab as um, an un uh, what was it an unneeded? It wasn't unneeded, but it was that kind of word, mm. um, an, a non essential element of society. You know, you know, I mean that. Oh, just gas them then, mate. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean, why not? You know, yeah. they're not essential. It's like an appendix. Cut them out. Um, and that's what they were trying to to create, and and so this, what's happening now, is a result of that. Mm. They've they've manufactured um, consent, I guess, from most yeah. of the population to allow it. And and like we mentioned earlier, what they don't realise is that they'll be coming for them next. Um, they're just picking off because you can't pick off everyone at once. If the government turns on 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 three hundred and fifty million people or whatever it is in the US, and they turn on them at once, mm. that's not going to happen. So you just pick off little pockets, little pockets here and there. We'll take this community. We'll take that community. Um, you know, I've spoke to to um, people that believe the whole monkeypox, labeling it as as um, you know an LG, well, particularly a homosexual man mm. issue, um, is just targeting that population as they did with AIDS um, to create fear within that population, mm. get that population to to accept vaccines and and all the shit that comes as a result of that. You know. Um, for, for things like AIDS, I, I would say to people to 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 look at two examples. One one being Magic Johnson, one being Freddie Mercury. They're probably the two, apart from maybe Ke Kenny Everett. They're probably the two most high, pro high profile. Um, and you go, Freddie Mercury took all the medication he was given, and he died. Yeah. Magic Johnson started the same medication, medication became poorly, stopped taking it. It looks pretty good to me. Mm. Looks pretty yep. good to me, and yep. so you know these these things are manufactured and they pick on certain demographics. And you know they, it was yep. men for for a while. It was men, toxic masculinity. Um, you know, men, the patriarchy, um, and some women um, that didn't see the bigger picture would have gone along with that. Yeah, mm. fucking men. Yeah, yeah. Not realizing that. Well, you're next. You're next, um, and that's what's happening now. Women are, are getting attacked yep. now. Um, the gay community, um, lesbians bisexual community they're they're lower than the trans community on top trumps at the minute so so they can be attacked and, and what the the trans community and I, I must say this most of the activists especially the, the most vitriolic ones are not trans anyway they're not they yeah. they, they have a savior complex um yeah. but that community will be next you know they're just pawns in, in a game mm -hmm. and they will be taken next and then they'll move on to the next one and you know the, the more people realize that actually that whole thing from the Second World War of first they came for the trade unionists, I wasn't trade unionist, so yeah. I said nothing. Then they came for, you know, uh, and then they came for me and there was no one left to speak up mm. for me. You know, it, it's a very famous quote and it's, and we're living through it. At the well, the, the governments have played it so well in using the media to frighten people, using the restrictions and finance. So if you're not a good company, then we will, you will get your ability to tra have transactions removed and, um, Alex Belfield on prison using the legal system. It's all of those kind of come together to even, I guess, many people, they feel actually this is wrong, but I just need to comply because it's not worth it going against it. That's what they want. They want to create that point where you've where you've got no choice. Hmm. But 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 it's a, it's a it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because what you do by destroying everything and everyone, um, apart from a very, very tiny few, I say this when people go like, you know, I'm like, mate, are you in the one percent? No, of course not. You're in trouble then, mate. Yep. You know, they're coming for everyone, doesn't it? The middle class is being rinsed. Um, but but you go, um, you know, a, a situation where you, you destroy everything, destroy everyone. Yes, you're going to create a bunch of people that are going to go, okay, 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 fair cop, gov, I'll do yep. what you say. But what you're also going to create is a hell of a lot of people with nothing left to lose um, that have lost everything. Once you've lost everything, yeah. You know, if, if I'm if I'm in a boxing match and someone comes in who's lost everything and nothing left to lose, I don't want to fight that guy. Yeah, because because he's just going to keep going. Because yeah. why wouldn't he? He's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um. And so what I think is happening is is like like yes, you're going to create some people that are just going to go along with it, but you're also pushing people to the cliff. 
And when people get to the cliff, some will fall, some will jump. But most, I think, in the end, will actually turn around and go, well, I may as well fight then. Yeah. I may yep. as well fight. You know, whether that's literally um, um, or figuratively, they will they will fight back. And and I think we're starting to see that now yep. a bit. We're starting to see that. Like, narratives are not doing what, what they did, you know, um, and so it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Witty started tweeting again. He's The ghoul is back. So they're starting to kind of ramp up COVID again. Mm. They're throwing these boosters out to, to the most vulnerable, yep. apparently. And so they'll start dropping. And obviously, they won't admit what it is, so they'll relabel it. And you can see that they're going to push it. And it'll be very interesting this winter because yep. the public are not the same public as they were in March 2020. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can I just, Gareth, as we finish, uh, I just want to mention one of your latest projects on your Twitter feed. You said, we are proud to present our most controversial film to date, No Turning Back. Do you want to just to finish off, do you want to let us know about that and uh, how viewers can find it and what they will get there? Yeah, so the premiere of No Turning Back is on Thursday um, next week. So next or Thursday today, next Thursday, um, which is the, the 28th of um of september in london which is which is when this will go out so oh perfect uh, so today so people can watch this then they can go and watch that so yeah let us know about it so it will they'll stream it um on the iconic facebook once obviously once stream and then after that obviously it's on it's on the iconic platform but you can start a free seven day trial at any point so you can go into iconic you can watch all the content that you want to watch and then if you like it and you think this is for me go from there and if you don't then fair play you know it's not for you um but but the film is Basically, we, we get contacted a lot by people that, that want to speak out but are either too frightened to because yeah. of their career or sometimes worse, you know, mm. threats of, of violence or, or even death, believe it or not. And so there's a number of doctors um, that worked out of the Tavistock Institute um, and, wow. you know, were involved with um, gender reassignment surgery. Um, and then there's a, 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 an astronomical number of people, which is just going up on the yeah. daily yeah. of pe- of people that transitioned um, and regret it. Mm. And so they've detransitioned, but you know, there's no such thing yeah. as detransition. Yeah. There isn't. I mean, you can pose as the same sex you were in the beginning, but you've still lost parts of yourself. You're infertile now. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no help for these people because, because they're, they're, they're bad examples for, for, for the narrative. So go away, go, go. Um, so we've got a film consisting of, of, of doctors um, that have been involved in this, telling, telling us what, what, what really goes on, as well as a bunch, um, a large bunch of, of people that were, that were basically kind of hoodwinked and fooled and gaslighted into doing something that they now regret, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there is a huge amount of transition regret where people, you know, there's no tomboys anymore. Tomboys don't exist anymore. You know, when I was a kid, I knocked about with tomboys. They, they were, I, you know, the girls you'd play football with. Mm-hmm. They don't exist anymore because someone will be in their ear. Are you sure you're a girl? Um, and I think about myself. I had long blonde hair, eyeliner, nail varnish when I was at high school. Who would be in my ear now if it was if I was around at that age? Now, probably someone would be in my ear and would would, yeah. would be planting seeds in an impressionable child. Um, as it happened, I thought I was Kurt Cobain. That's what it was. But um, and so that's that's what the film is, and it's a very very powerful film. Um, kind of heartbreaking at, at times, to be fair. But also, there's a lot of it, facts in there that people don't realise. You know, people. What when it comes to puberty blockers, it's sold to me when I have conversations with people, and they're always well-meaning. To be fair, yeah. is that actually they disagree with cutting parts off of children. You know, so they're they're on our page at least that far. But actually, they don't see a problem with the puberty blockers because what the puberty blockers do is it, it, it just pauses in their view because that's what most people think. Yeah. It pauses puberty while they find, you know, is this really what I want? And they go through counseling and they decide. And then when they're at an age of they can make a decision, they can either come off the puberty blockers and carry on being Peter or Gareth um, or go, no, I, I am Gertrude. I am a woman. And, and then then you know, go through the gender reassignment surgery. Um, and, and that's what is always said to me. And it, what they don't realize is, is that these puberty blockers make you infertile yeah. in, in, in a large number of cases. So it isn't a pause button. It isn't a pause button. It's, it, 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 you're not meant to piss around with this. You know, 
it's a real, you know, even again, going and doing physiology and anatomy and stuff at such a base level as a PT, how the body works is insane. Mm. Like it's, it's getting out of bed is a miracle. Honestly, just the ability to the things that need to happen within your yeah. nervous system, within your brain to just get up and make a cup of tea is insane. So to just piss around with a tiny little bit of that, even if it's the smallest bit, you, the long-term effects of doing that are astronomical. And, Unfortunately, as with lots of these things, you're not going to see the real fallout for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And then what will happen? Same with lockdowns. Then what will happen is 10, in 10, 15 years, you know, all these people will go, oh, we didn't know. We didn't know. Oh, God, you know, we only had the information we had at the time and all that. And then, and then there'll be a large portion like ourselves going, we were telling you then. Yeah. We were yeah. telling you then what was coming. And so, you know, I have no doubt they will attempt to, to get the film banned. I've got... I, I don't doubt that the premiere will be attacked by activists and protesters and, and uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it will. And if it is, then it is, but it's a film that people need to see. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watch. I, I remember uh, reporting from outside when Kira Bell was uh, in court, uh, taking the Tavistock on, uh, um, that bravery is wow. Um, but this is a, the, the child abuse that we are doing as a state is, is shocking. So I'll certainly recommend that to our viewers and listeners. To Thank watch you. That. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, it is, it is child abuse. It's exactly yeah. what it is. And, and it, you get to a point in the end where, you know, yeah, you can run and hide. Um, and you, you, you know, if I hear someone's breaking into my house and I live on my own, okay, I'll clamber under the bed and I can hide and hope that they, they don't get to me. Um, and you know, they can help themselves to the TV and stuff. That's fine. It's just fucking telly. I, I've got insurance. But, but there comes a point where you hear them going into your daughter's room or your son's room and yeah. hiding under the bed, they ain't going to fucking cut it anymore. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know, you're going to have to, whatever flack you get for it, you're going to have to come out from under that bed and you're going to have to fight because it's your job as a parent and, and not even as a parent, but as an adult, it's your job. You know, if I'm in a restaurant and someone attacks a kid, they don't have to be my kid for me to stand up. It's my job yeah. as a grown up, you know, and, um, and that's what I, um, I hope people are going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gareth, thank you for your time. Uh, great chatting to you. Um, yeah, pleasure, mate. Thank you. All the links will be in the description of uh, what we've discussed. No turning back. Uh, we'll go live when this goes out. Uh, follow Gareth on at Gareth Ike on Getter and on Twitter. Um, and make sure and have a look at Iconic. Again, everything's there in the description. So to our viewers and our listeners, thank you for tuning in um, and look forward to seeing you very soon so thank you and goodbye if you like what we do sign up to our mailing list donate share and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org thank you for listening